0: Welcome to Corazon Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Ash Munchi. Ash Munchi is the CEO of Pepperdata. Before joining Pepperdata, Ash was the Executive Chairman for Marianas Labs, a deep learning startup sold in December of 2015. Prior to that, he was the CEO for Graphite Systems, a big data storage startup that was sold to EMC in August 2015. Osh also served as Chief Technology Officer of Yahoo, as the CEO of both public and private companies, and is on the board of several technology startups. Osh attended Harvard University, Brown University, and Stanford University. Well, good afternoon, Osh. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Glad to have you on the show, Osh. It's exciting. I was looking forward to this podcast today. And Osh, looking at your bio, you've traversed various verticals, organizations, startups, to Fortune 100s. Could you share with us what drives you to be successful in these spaces?
1: if you look at my my career it is it's really bimodal right it's uh small companies and large companies. The reasons why I get attracted to large companies at the times that I do is uh, particularly if there is a challenge for the large company in terms of, you know, getting to market or there's a structural issue going on. I like working on those kinds of organizational problems, trying to get large companies molded, if you will, to address a problem in a quicker and faster way and bring some velocity to it. So I've done that in the past. And what it does is it, it allows me to get my organizational chops uh, more, uh, more in order allows me to think about things at a larger larger scope and refresh myself if you will uh, in terms of you know what happens in larger companies uh, from everything from sort of personnel to financial conditions and then i love the the small company thing because it's It's really about velocity and it's about creativity and it's about generating things very quickly and uh, being very scrappy, sort of the antithesis of the large company thing. So it's that barbell thing, right? It's sort of one is a large thing, one is a small thing. It's a complementary thing. It builds up, if you will, both parts of my um, my operating uh, expertise. And I like that very much.
0: Thank you for sharing that. That's exciting, and I appreciate your perspective on that, especially being bimodal. I think that's really important uh, nowadays, especially, and I'm glad that, in a sense, a pioneer in that area. So thank you. Ash, I was looking at your products. You've got your uh, APM, your Application Performance Monitoring product, pretty versatile interfaces with much of the large data and cloud platforms out there. Could you just tell us a bit more about your product and how it's helping CIOs and other execs make better decisions and, and maybe even reducing costs?
1: Sure. So let, let's step back and talk about our APM product. So Data produces a set of products that allow customers to be able to take their big data applications, uh, you know, Spark applications, MapReduce applications, their uh, Hive queries, their uh, Impala queries, et cetera, and be able to really understand what's going on with, with those queries or with those applications, and then be able to tune them in an effective way so they maximize the utilization of the underlying infrastructure. You know, we've been doing that now for, a number of years and the growth of our customer base is, is clearly a testament to the fact that we've been we're being successful in this market. You know, our company has been growing high double digits every year and uh, it's it's a, it's a nice place for us to be. So there's clear demand for what we're doing, especially during this downturn. We're seeing a lot of demand for our products because we do help people optimize the utilization of their resources, whether it's on premise or in the cloud. And in the cloud, it's a it's an interesting pain point for people. What happened is as people transitioned to the cloud, they went from sort of being OPEX driven and centrally controlled by IT to having their own budgets, uh, sorry, at CAPEX driven and, and controlled by IT, to OPEX driven and you know having control of their own budgets and their own deployments. That created a little bit of a free for all, but also created more velocity in terms of things that people could get get. get done. And, you know, people started experimenting. People started playing with the cloud. And the next thing you know, they ran out of their OPEX budget very, very fast because they didn't realize that there was nobody looking over their shoulder, i.e. IT, to make sure they didn't hang themselves. And they kept hanging themselves over and over again. As a result, it becomes even more imperative for people going to the cloud and using the cloud, especially lines of business, to use products like ours because we help them understand what their utilization actually is. We help them reduce cost. We help them optimize really the utilization of all the infrastructure. And and sometimes we see people who are both cloud and on-premise, and so hybrid as well. And sometimes people are just pure on-premise. It doesn't matter which of those environments, we help people reduce costs. And in this environment where markets are tanking, you know, uh, revenues are tanking, people are much, much more uh, attuned to saying, I can't buy anything new anymore. I need to figure out what to do with what I've got now uh, and be able to be more efficient about it. I need to stretch my dollars. And we're seeing customers come back to us that we were talking to months ago that said, you know what, we're fine right now. They're coming running to us. And we're in a sense, we're happy to see that. We're, we're not happy to see the downturn, but we're happy to see you know,
0: customers coming back. Interesting. Sounds like you have a pretty uh, versatile product and that is actually helping a lot of your customers. And I'm interested to dive in a little bit more on that So, Ash, could you share with us how your technology products really stand out from your competition then? I know you you mentioned and highlighted a few things around the cost reductions for your customers, but maybe something that really stands out. Sure, so from a from a product differentiation for a competitive perspective,
1: we collect a lot of primary data. What I mean by primary data is data that we only get that other competitors don't leverage or use or can get. We built an architecture that's very scalable that allows us to get very granular data from everything from the hardware to the operating system all the way through the technology stack that our customers have. That data is primary in the sense that it is fundamental data that gets collected from the systems, as I said, it's not data that our customers use. Our, co- uh, I mean, our competitors use. Our competitors tend to rely much more on data that's collected by the the software stack and by things like traces that the um, that the stack provides, or by logs that the stacks produce and things of that sort. So that's data that anybody can get and anybody can digest and do do stuff with. We combine that with our primary data that we collect, and that gives our us the ability to provide insights at the granularity that no one else can provide. As a result, those customers that have tough problems to solve that staring at logs or using our competitors' products don't allow them to resolve, we can resolve them. And typically we can resolve them in time that's orders of magnitude faster than what they would get from anywhere else, including uh, you know, consulting services that they might be able to use. You know, We have an example of a customer that, for example, runs the largest Spark jobs in the world. They had a problem where you know, it wasn't meeting its SLAs. They had spent a lot of time with consultants and with other products trying to figure that out. We installed our products, and within a matter of hours, we were able to show them exactly what the problem was. They were able to fix it and get the SLA back again. For them, it was a huge revenue driver, so it was nice to be able to go do that. And again, if it weren't for the primary data, they would not have been able to see what the problem was,
0: and we wouldn't have been able to show it to them. So that data is vitally important to us. That's amazing. That's totally amazing. Again, loving to see in a situation like that where a are struggling and they've got, you know, SLAs to meet with their customers and you come in with a product that literally tells them what they need to fix within hours. That's amazing. Especially on a platform that you said the largest Spark provider. That's That's amazing.
1: It's the, it's the largest Spark jobs in the world with a Fortune 10 company.
0: Wow. Amazing. So, Ash, in our current world of this pandemic, right, we're all locked down, so I know we've all pivoted. What What do you have planned in 2020 or even 2021 as far as a new product or service? Any major business shifts you had to make during this?
1: Well, so, so before I talk about that, uh, sure. you know, I, I just want to just echo, I think, what everybody's hearing, that everybody should be safe, take precautions especially if you are off a category that is high risk, please be careful, look after yourselves, look after your neighbors, look after your families. That's probably the most important thing that we can do right now. I'm certain that we as a country and as a people will get through it. I'm looking forward to having put this behind us and you know having a, a healthy nation again with a vaccine that everybody can rely on. So you know, before I, I dive into my thing, I, I just wanna make sure that you know, we, we all understand where we are and that it's a shared pain and we will all get through this together. To get to your question, we had a roadmap for 2020 and 2021, and I would say that roadmap is largely remaining the same. We had and have a a tremendous plan to expand more into the cloud space. So, you know, and all the cloud offerings, all the cloud services that are out there and be able to provide our technology in those, that is continuing at pace. We've had a lot of demand for us to support a variety of different query engines in the cloud and also things that are on-prem, you know, Impala and various other things. So we're continuing to do that. Streaming is an important part of the technology stack for our customers. We are continuing to build that out. And we've already announced products around almost all of these things. We will continue to double down all these things with a very, very simple focus and everything that we do our objective is to make things more efficient in terms of saving money, in terms of saving costs, And at the same time, being able to accelerate velocity so that business problems continue to get solved. You know, as I mentioned earlier, people are very focused on costs at the moment, precisely because their top lines are deteriorating. And we want to make sure that we're shoulder to shoulder with our customers in helping them reduce costs so they can keep people employed and they can keep their businesses viable because we all need to help to be able to do that. And we think that our products are particularly well positioned to
0: make that happen. Thank you for sharing that. That's important. Josh, in wrapping up, I've always asked this last question to get a a nugget from people that are on this show so we can share with our large readership. Can you share something from your career experience that might be helpful for those looking either to grow their career or maybe break into big data, cloud or technology space?
1: The, The fundamental thing that I think I have, you know, I grew up poor and not having everything means you have to work for everything, which means that you always work hard. You never give up. You never sit on your laurels, if you will, and admire yourself. You always think about how do I move forward? How do I make add value? How do I help my customers? And how do I always keep people motivated? So they're going to line up with me to be able to solve whatever it is that I need to solve. So it's a combination of perseverance, the pursuit of improving continually. So the pursuit of excellence to some extent, and the desire to always make sure that whoever is working with me, I lift the tide so their boats will rise. It's very important for me that people work with me, get an outcome that is favorable to them. Whether it's personal satisfaction, financial satisfaction, whatever it is that motivates them is something that I strive to make sure happens for them. And that is true of our employees. That's true of what we try to do for our customers. And that's true in my personal life. My goal is always... How do I improve things for others? And, you know, one thing I've discovered is that if I help others, somehow or the other, I tend to wind up improving things for myself. And that's really, really important. I learned that a long time ago at Silicon Graphics. Uh, you know, we were a company that was very, very, very driven. We performed extremely well. We were the Google of our time, if you will. And one of the things that, that was amazing about our company was that we kept looking at how do we make others successful? How do we work together as a team? How do we integrate and how do we improve everything? And I think that's sort of been ingrained in me as a child, ingrained in me at places like SGI and Oracle and other places. And I try to continue to do that with others that I work with me.
0: No, that's great. I appreciate that. And I know our audience will appreciate that as well. Again, this podcast always has these little helpful nuggets of wisdom that are helping people that whether they're coming right out of college or they've been in the industry for 30 years, there's always a nugget that resonates with somebody. So thanks for sharing that, Asha. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Osh, it was certainly a pleasure having you on the show today, and I certainly look forward to speaking with you again soon. Likewise, and thank you for the opportunity, my friend. You bet. Bye for now.